Live from inside the Enchanted Tiki Room, where the birds sing words and the flowers croon, and brought to you by Care Bears. Let's hug it out, Care Bears. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 32, and we are recording on September 17th, 2011. And Allie, why don't we have theme music yet? Well, you know, I had a theme song, but I got PK'd and it was looted off my corpse. You got ganked? I did. Well, I wonder who ganked you. Might it be our guest this week? It could have been. He might have been stealthed. So let's ask him right now. We have a very special guest joining us this week for a, a PvP edition of EQ2 Talk. Let's have Liko join us. Welcome to the show, Liko. Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. We want to have you on the show this week, and we want to talk about some PvP stuff, because Allie and I are not, uh, we're not PvPers, we're Care Bears. We want to hear a little bit about how the other half lives. Well, the other half lives pretty awesomely, uh, because we get all of the fun and excitement of killing in the Care Bear environment, as, uh, as you put it, and then we get the added benefit of ganking noobs like uh, red-headed rangers. Oh. oh. <laughs> he must be talking about you. He must be. No, no, we don't, um, we wouldn't waste our arrows on our dwarf. <laughs> oh. But do you know what color my eyes are? Uh, when I saw them, they were rolled back in your head. So <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer. So, Lika, you play over there on the Nagafin server? I do. And uh, I've what? Been playing, sorry, I've been playing on Nagathan since launch. The server's had its ups and downs, and it's a great environment, um, other than the exiles. But it's a it's a blast uh, server to play on, and I highly recommend it for veteran players as well as new players. For veteran players, it's a, a great break from the monotony of in the monotony and the safeness of the PVE environment. Uh, the risk of the player versus player environment really adds an element of adrenaline to the game that can be incredibly exciting. Once you just get over the fact that you are going to die a lot <laughs> and just know that and always leave your coin in the bank. <laughs> Do not, don't ever leave, make the mistake of leaving the city with coin in your pocket because somebody's going to take it. Now, how does that work? If you get killed by somebody, they can take your coin? The way it works, yes. 
and they're going to. The way it works is when you get killed by another player, you have a chance. You're always going to drop coin. The percentage is random from it's about 40% all the way up to 70%. Wow. As well as you have a chance, and so you're always going to drop the coin. That's a given, no matter what. Every time you get killed, you're going to drop coin. But then you also have a chance to drop a treasured or less item that is in your backpacks or on your, um, if it's in your backpacks, if it's in your inventory slots, it can't drop. But uh, so I've been killed and dropped food that I've had in my bags, poison, even spells that I've picked up, just uh, apprentice level spells that I've picked up while questing. Uh, you get ganked and then they can take the spell. It happens. It must be just part of life and you get used to it and you, you adapt. You carry less on you. You do. You carry less on you. You really, um, you know, you put, you stack up your food, put it in your inventory. The, uh, you know, poisons and stuff in your potions that can be a little hassle at times. But they're only going to take one. If you've got a stack of twenty, stack of forty, you're going to lose one. And oh, so, well, that's not too bad then. It's not too bad. It's it can be annoying because uh, you just the person's killed you and then they took your stuff. <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, I think I lost a house item once. That was I just finished a quest and the reward was a house item, and the guy killed me as soon as I turned in the quest and the random system worked and he took the house item I just got and I was really upset. Oh, because <laughs> then you can't do the quest again. Right, and then you're done. Right, you're never going to get that piece back, and it's exactly. So now you camp that NPC to get your to get it off somebody else. <laughs> right, I should have, uh, <laughs> didn't I? Uh, I licked my wounds, evac'd, and uh, uh, went and got a drink. Now, let me ask, does it come with, like, a little pop-up to tell you what you've lost, or is it in your text? You, it, it's in the text window. You see it in the in the game text. You see it. There's not a pop-up that says you lost X. In, uh, X. But, like, when you drop your coin, it, it says, you know, Delmon takes four plat or whatever, loots four plat from you. Because you drop a little chest when you get killed like a mob would and inside that chest is the coin and uh, the item that you would drop. Now, if you were the group of people and they can kill everybody before they have a chance to loot your treasure box, you can get your stuff out of the treasure box. Do you do, do you strategize about what you carry on you? Like for example, I could imagine carrying a bunch of crap that's treasured or less right. that, you, that you don't care about. Just to no. save save your poisons, or right on my the only thing I carry on my PvP tune is poisons. Arrows are safe because they're in my quiver, and I play a ranger in case anybody's wondering. Potions just for you know healing, arcane damage, trauma, whatever, and then attuned gear because attuned gear they cannot take. Oh, okay. So and that's it. And that's the only thing. If I get a bunch of cool stuff, I'm immediately calling back to my house, the bank, whatever, to put it away. And if I get more than four or five plaid on me, I'll typically call back as well. I know it's that's kinda it's kinda petty in with this economy in the game, but I just hate it when people take my coin. <laughs> so Delwood too. Uh, absolutely. Nobody likes to have their lunch money taken no matter how much it is. <laughs> exactly. And I just right, because if you killed me, I, I just don't want you to get anything out of it other than you've killed me. Yeah, so if I get four or five plat, I usually call back. I mean, I've seen, I've had guys with me that had 75 plat on them and forgot they had it. 
and got ganked, and and that was pretty upsetting. Live and learn, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. You only make that mistake once, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that's the end of that. Now you had mentioned you'd been on Nagafin since launch. Yep. But PvP and Nagafin only launched in what the Kingdom of Sky days. Correct. So prior to that, were you playing on a traditional PVE server? I was. I've been playing EverQuest Two since about a month after launch. Um, it maybe a little later. I logged. I started playing EverQuest Two right after the infection was affecting all of the servers. Where uh, it was in two thousand five. I forget the uh, the plague. The plague. I remember that live event. Oh yes. So I started playing right after the plague went live on the servers. And uh, I started off on AB because it seemed like the smart server to play on. And then I still have a character there. My original character is still there. And then slowly started playing on uh, on Rest. And I had another server that has since been merged back when I was playing with some of my friends from uh, back in the day. But then we all, when Nagathan was created, we all... Moved all of our, started all of our tunes there. Started fresh on Nagy. Now, were there any dangers for, like, new people who decide to play on a PvP server to just try it out? If, you, if you've never played PvP at all? Right. And- well, there are, because the system works a little differently. PvPing doesn't, like on a, on a regular blue server, if you duel someone the mechanics that work around the dueling system are not the same mechanics that work on the PvP system. The hit rates are different. The way the spells attack are different. And so it's like if you're playing on a blue server and you're kind of training by dueling, uh, when you get into a PvP fight, it's completely different. And I've seen, like, when the Battlegrounds went live, they used the PvP skill server set, the rules. And I remember when the Battlegrounds went live, you would see players standing and fighting like they were fighting a mob, just standing mm. still and casting spell after spell. And in PvP, it's all about the movement. It's, I mean, you're, it's, it's almost like a first-person shooter-esque where you are just constantly moving because then they can't target you. You're moving, trying to get them to break the target, and you know, your tanks are trying to pull aggro, breaking the, uh, breaking the target lock on you. And so and it's just the speed of it is incredibly fast. A PvP fight can be over in three seconds. And the dangers are is just the frustration level where you just you're not gonna know what you're doing right away, and that's that's okay. Uh, and it's just the frustration of why did I die? Why did this level twenty-five beat me and I'm a level forty? Well, you know, are they cheating? You know, that's the first reaction. Or they just they have better gear than you, or they know their class better and their and they know the PvP class better. And that they're just going to out, out beat you. It happens. And that's very frustrating. And the dangers are just giving up on it because the, it's, you don't want to put up with the struggle of getting to a top tier level, um, knowing that every time you go out to quest, you are a target. You know, I mean, I've seen, and it, the frustration can be amazing. I've seen people camp, uh, quest mobs, turn in mobs for hours, not letting people turn in. When I was, I mean, in Zen, when I was turning in my mythical, some other players knew that we, my guild, had gone out to get my mythical, and they had a, they had a, a times four at the quest mob turn in, so I couldn't turn in my mythical, and they knew just because they, they, you know, they were out to get was out to just get my guild, and they were they camped it for four hours. 
So that's I, when you just go back later. I did. I logged in at like five in the morning and uh, <laughs> got my mythical. Nobody but that's got to be all. That's got to be all part of the game, though. It is absolutely. I mean, um, that, that wouldn't be considered griefing. No, I mean it, it's part of the game. If if we need, you know, if my guild could rally a force big enough to take them out, then we would have won. They just there were more of them than us at the time, and that's going to happen. And that's honestly, and that's one of the great things about PV the PvP server is when I hear a lot of talk on the blue servers about oh such and such guild had camped the avatar or during last Halloween they were all kinds of talk about camping the headless horseman yeah. and how the guilds were just there and they would spawn them and kill them and nobody, only the top tier guild on the server had a chance to take out the headless horseman. Well, on Nagathan, if there was another guild that was camping the headless horseman, we just wouldn't kill them all. That, <laughs> that, got, that got them out of the way. So, right. And so if, if a guild's going to camp a mob like that, not only do they need to have the times four necessary to take out the mob, but then they typically will have another complete times four that's just protecting them from other players. And that's, I mean, it's the only way you can do a, a true camping of a mob like that. And, it, you know, and so from that level, I really like the fact that we can police our own actions. If there's another player's being a complete jerk to everybody, the server is going to take care of it. Huh. And if there's another guild that's completely camping a mob, the other guilds are going to band together and, and take them out. But you could say being a, being a jerky is kind of in the eyes of the beholder as Absolutely. long as they can behold themselves up. It is. You can be as, you can be as much a jerk as long as you can defend your territory. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, but you know that going into it, that's all, it's all part of the fun. I think there's a certain mentality of someone who's going to be a true hardcore PVP player that they know that going into it. And that's part of the fun. You know, some, some days you're the windshield and some <laughs> days you're the bug. <laughs> I love that analogy. That that's that's great. Now, do you find out there's a lot of burnout from that? Because do players get in going? I think I can handle this. Yeah, I'm man enough. I'm I'm tough enough to deal with this. And then after a short amount of time, like this isn't for me. Yes, I think the server population um, definitely now that you can transfer to and from uh, a PvP server. I think the server that happens a lot. I think someone wants to try it out, and it's great, and they enjoy it for six months a year, what have you, and then realize, you know, this, I can't go out and just quest. And quite honestly, as I progressed in my my player years, I missed that aspect. I missed just being able to log in and go quest and that little bit of relaxing couple hours at night when I got home from work and just go do some questing. And so I actually have a level 90 on a blue server because of that, because it was just, it was four years straight of PVP and constant. You couldn't even go out and harvest without watching your back. Because if you think about it, you're out harvesting, someone's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and so that can absolutely, that can burn out after a while. I've got plenty of friends that just uh, stopped playing EQ2 altogether because they just, all they were only in it for the PVP and they just burned out on it because it was just, it gets it to be too much. Yeah. I can't imagine for myself, you know, there's certain nights I leave work and I'm like all jazzed about playing EQ2. I'm looking forward to running this instance or, or working on this, this particular quest or hunting a starter or, or even harvesting, like you say. Mm -hmm. And then the whole night just turns into we can't even get to the zone in because, you know, the minute we land in the, in the overland zone to get there, 
it's a fight to get there the whole time. And if, God forbid, if somebody's lagging or, or lagging behind, not right. lagging in, in gameplay, but lagging behind the group or doesn't have a fast yeah. enough mount or something, it, it's, it turns into, well, we didn't run our zone all night because we spent our whole night just trying to cross common lanes right. or something. We spent a half hour trying to get there. And that, and that happens. I mean, I've, many a night I've spent, I remember when Desert of Flames, there were a lot of instances in Desert of Flames that gave high XP. And we would run, 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 try to get to that instance without getting killed as a group, just so we could level up. And uh, there were many nights where you just you couldn't make it to the instance. That was the end of it. PvP came out with Desert of Flames, not Kingdom of Sky. Oh, okay, right, right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, and you know what it makes me think of this saying, you don't have to be the fastest gazelle, just not the slowest. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, uh, or healer. You know, they're always going to kill the healer first. Oh, I don't like this one bit then. <laughs> yeah, you would. That's true. You would hate it. Um, because, yeah, they're always going to take out the healer first. Healers in, uh, you know, like Furies are incredibly popular on the PvP server because they can do damage and can heal on the fly. They're like one of the top classes on the when it comes to server population. You said something else that Dell doesn't like, and that's it involves movement. <laughs> Dell doesn't like to move. You're all. constantly moving. Both in real life and in game, by the way. <laughs> right. I was not a, a hardcore raider at first when I started playing. I was a much more player versus player player than I was raiding. And then we started raiding with my guild on the on the PvP server. And uh, I kept getting killed all the time and was messing up because I would constantly try to circle the mob. And, uh, and it was messing with the scripts and the tanks were yelling at me. And I was like, but I'm just playing. And they were like, can you just stand still? So, yeah, uh, it's, it becomes habitual that you just, you're constantly moving around. So when you do, say, quests, do you sort of travel in packs? You have to. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can get lucky if you're a scout. And because we can track, I guess, I mean, anybody can track nowadays, really. But in the old days... Tracking was vital because you could, you would know that they were coming. At least you could see them pop up on track. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm out, my track window just tracks players. I don't even track mobs mm-hmm. because it, it's noise, and all I need to see is what players are around me. And so it, it, you're right. You are. If you travel alone, you've got to be really quick and hopefully a scout. So you can invis and then you can track. Otherwise, that you you need to go out in a group because you will, yeah, you will. And there's you know, and there's jerks everywhere. You know, there's jerks on the Freeport side. There's jerks on the Kino side. <clears throat> there's a lot of jerks on the Exile side, and they will uh, they will you know single out that solo player and just continue to uh, kind of you know kill you over and over just because it's funny. And <clears throat> it is. I've been again. I've been on both sides of that fence, and so I usually leave you alone after four or five kills. Yeah, uh, but just to four or five, just to prove a point, right. and then nah, I don't need to prove that anymore. You're you're too small. Unless you're in exile, and I'll just I'll just keep killing you. Yeah. So, so the other thing I was wondering, uh, you were talking about doing quests. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have time to read the quest text? No, I have not <laughs> read a quest text <laughs> online in years. So do you just like click through, let it go into your log, and then read it later? <laughs> Read it later. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Dell. 
having major problems on a PvP server. Absolutely, because you know you're talking about some of my my greatest problems. I like to read the quest text. I don't like to move, and my character can't cast on the run to begin with. I have no track. I can't evac. Our te- do Templars you don't even lose exist? Money. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose my money. They exist. Well, they exist because you, you're needed for raids and stuff like that. But uh, you know, battle Templars exist, <clears throat> but. You don't see him out alone a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the PvP world, though, there are or there must be classes that are favored. You know that do have an advantage because of their sure. skill sets. Absolutely, and that and that changes. You know, at launch, uh, everybody was thinking it's going to be rangers and monks, and then it, people very very quickly figured out that the druid class was the preferred class. Because everybody kind of started figuring out the PvP mechanics. In this day and age, paladins and shadow knights are very popular. The rangers are considered um, easy mode, and you know anybody, they, everybody considers if you have a ranger, high level ranger with a mythical, you are just out um, hitting easy mode. Swashbucklers are considered in that same kind of class. Uh, easy mode is what everybody calls it. So it, it just. Again, it depends on what changes they've made with the uh, mechanics and one of the updates, and that can shift. But rangers definitely, because of our uh, the tracking and stealth, only works within 35 meters. And so we can shoot from about 50. And if you can target someone at that distance, they won't see you in stealth and they won't see you on their track. And so you can usually get a shot or two in before they have a chance to target you. And if you got sniper shot up, then you got a pretty good chance of taking them out. Is that considered cheating? <clears throat> well, n- no, because it works within the mechanics. A lot of people get upset about it, um, and they have made a change. It was about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. You used to be able to one-shot someone. Um, you could easily take them out one-shot, no problem. You know, wizards could do it with um, the ice spell, ice comet. Ice Comet was huge, and you could one-shot someone with Ice Comet pretty easily. And about a year and a half, two years ago, they put a change into the PvP side of it that no one spell could do more than 80% of someone of a character's health damage. So even if your spell was capable of doing 60,000 damage points and the character only had 20,000 hit points, the best you're going to hit him with is 18,000. I mean, you get him on the next shot, but at least you're not one-shotting him. There are certain mechanics, though, like we were saying, give certain classes a huge advantage. How does, like, evac work? I mean, I, I'm envisioning it as the ultimate runaway. And it used to be. Um, for the first couple of years at launch, evac was definitely the ultimate runaway because um, you could evac. You get down to 10% in your health, and you're going to evac. Now, even with the evac spells that you can buy uh, from Station Cast. You cannot evac if you're in PvP combat. Mm. It just uh, it doesn't work, which is which is good. I mean, it's good and bad. It's good in the fact that you can't run away. You know, and honestly, and, I, and I've been look, and I've been known to run away when I was losing too. But now it's really it's take your beating. You're losing, you're losing. <laughs> take the beating, and you know, it's, I feel the same way about somebody that quits when I'm playing them in Madden, and they know they're going to lose mm. online, and they just quit in the last five minutes of the game. You know what? Take your beating. You lost. Right. So so there is that. Every now and then they sneak in some Legends of Norath 
uh, item that has evac on it or some station cash item that they don't realize has evac. You know, no one thinks about the PVP side of it. And then everybody can evac for a couple weeks until it gets fixed. Mm. Obviously, that gives players who are the classes that can evac a huge advantage. And it must be frustrating because there you are, you're, you're doing really well in the fight, you've got all your stuff lined up, and then all of a sudden they decide to blip out on you and kind of rob you of your kill. Right. And, and so and what we, and then what you do is then you go to the evac, their evac spot and wait for them. Oh. Because they're going to they're evac with inside the zone, and uh, each faction has a certain, unlike the blue server where no matter what faction you are, Kinos, Freeport, or Exile, when you evac within the zone, you're always going to go to one spot. Uh, with inside the on PvP, you're going to evac. It's going to be in a different location. Mm. Kinos is going to go one side of the map, and Freeport's going to evac to the other. And so you you know, but we know where those spots are. So then you go wait for them. And now you used to be that if you evac, you could as long as you didn't move, you had immunity forever. Now as soon as you come back up, the clock starts ticking, and it's like a minute, and then you can be attacked again. Does that immunity timer apply to zoning as well? Say you zone yes. out of town and into, a, and into an overland zone. Yes. As soon as you and – and this can be a, a bit of a disadvantage for somebody that has a slower computer or just a bad connection that day because as soon as the server sees your character in the zone, it starts the countdown clock. And so, you know, you can it can come up on your screen, and you can already be – 10 seconds into your immunity countdown. But, I mean, you start moving. Or you hop on a flying mount and you get permanent immunity. Yeah, how has uh, flying mounts affected PvP? Horribly. Flying mounts and leapers have been a, a big problem because we never had a chance to test them inside the PvP environment. And this was, I remember asking this question at last year's fanfare, is, you know, how are, are you going to be able to fly in on your flying mount on a PvP server and talk to a quest mob. And, and, he, are you, and you're going you're gonna to be immune. And they were like, no, 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 that would never happen. Well, it does. And you're immune on a flying mount now, and you, can, you can't, because you can't cast a spell, and nobody can cast a spell on you or a combat ability. So you can be flying around uh, Antonica, and no one can attack you, as long as you don't touch the ground. Hmm. And so that's a, and leapers are, Leapers almost give permanent immunity because you get immunity every time the leaper leaves the ground. And so people just leap across zones and can't be attacked. Yeah, so no matter where you are, you kind of all you got to do is pop your flying mount and take off, literally jump. Exactly. I don't think you can I don't think you can pop the mount when you're in combat. Um, prior to that, if you you see someone coming, absolutely, you pop the mount and you take off. And then you just hover there waiting for them either to get bored and leave so you can come back down. Exactly. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's frustrating from someone who's, if you're into the, for the PVP, you're into the PVP. And so, you know, why are you, why are you running, so to speak? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're on the server, you, you knew what you were getting into. You know, you bought your ticket. I right. say, let them die. <laughs> <laughs> they knew. And so it's just one of those things. That, so why are you doing it? Mm. And, uh, and it happens. We have this, this thing on the PVP server called Warfields which happens in Antonica, uh, Enchanted Lands, Common Lands, a few other locations. In about every hour or so, the zone becomes a battleground-esque zone where if it's in Antonica, the Kinos players 
have to detend, defend five towers. And Freeport has to destroy those five towers. And if whoever wins gets a certain amount of PvP tokens, which then it's like any other in-game currency, then you can trade in for player versus player armor, which is on a on a level of fabled gear that you would get from raid drops, hmm. but it's got all PvP stats on it. <clears throat> and so currently what's going on is players will log in during the warfield and hop on their flying mount and just hover above the zone, and they get all of the reward for being involved in that fight with ever having actually been involved in the fight. Hmm. It's one of those things that, you know, you didn't earn, you didn't earn what you're getting because there was no risk for you. Right. So it's just annoying for the player that actually goes through all of the fights and fights and does what they need to do to get their PVP writs and or Warfield tokens up. And then someone comes along and doesn't really do anything other than log in and sit there. You'd think they would fix that. I mean, do you think, do you feel like the team isn't paying enough attention to the PVP aspect? I don't think that PVP is a priority for the dev team. I think with limited resources and other demands on the game, I mean, let's face it, PVP is one server, two, if you count Vox, but I think there's six people that play in Vox. So really, it's one server. And granted, it's one of the higher population servers, but still it's one server out of all of the others. And so for them to put lots of resources on that, I just don't think that they can. They've tried in the past. I mean, we supposedly have or had in the past a PvP dev, but we haven't seen him post on the forums in some time. I mean, and the last thing that I know he was working on was air races, which is about as far from PvP as you can get. But the air races are fun, and they drive population on the blue server, so why would you not put resources on that if that's what the player base wants? Yeah, it must be tough with the you know with the amount of the population. You know, like you say, Nagfin and, and Vox are, are what one one tenth of the environment, one twelfth of the entire server right. population. You know, exactly. and even in that, you know, how many actual regular players are on that? It, it must be difficult for them to dedicate resources continuously to it. Absolutely, and so and he, I can't fault him for that. I mean, I understand it's a supply and demand situation. It's just. <clears throat> what I've always asked is give us the chance to test these things. Give us a month in the, in the test environment. That's when the test environment, when test copy, excuse me, is switched over to PVP and let these things be tested and, uh, and give us those opportunities. But it just, it doesn't happen for whatever reason. And we don't get that time to test the content and it goes live. And then there's all of these exploits. So there isn't really a test environment for PvP unless they turn it PvP. Is that right? Correct. The test copy server that exists was originally the test PvP server. Mm. When some changes were made three, four years ago, it became the test copy server and was used for beta and other things. And at times it gets switched PvP on. Unfortunately, when it does get switched PvP on, there's a huge uproar in the test player environment that PvP's on because all those big, mean, nasty PvP players can gank me now. And so that, that's a huge uproar on the forums every time that happens. And then it's usually only for three or four days, which is not enough time to truly test content and find exploits. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's just not enough. Well, when test so. copy gets flipped over to PvP, mm-hmm. people like me who want to get their gank on 
with no right. risk, you know, so I can do it for a little while, shoe up some noobs, and, and I'm, uh, I'm interfering with real people testing real content just so I can feel like a big dwarf for one night. Right, and that's, I mean, it's a great time to, because you can take your current character with all of your raid gear, probably without pants still, um, <laughs> and copy over and, and, right, and work within that environment and probably do fairly well. You're going to have to move around, but uh, <laughs> and probably do okay and experience that with outside of the Battlegrounds environment. Because mm-hmm. Battlegrounds is a great way to test PvP, but Battlegrounds, in my opinion, is not a great introduction to PvP because you're limited to what your group brings in. And if you go in solo, you can end up with a bad group, and you're just not going to have a good time. And so I think, you know, if you know what PvP's like, Battlegrounds are great. But when test copy switches over, is a great time to experience PvP because it's your character in the world that you're already used to. Now, you mentioned Battlegrounds there. When that first launched, did you give that a try? Absolutely. It was awesome. For the first month... The players on Nagathan were like king of the battlegrounds because we were already used to playing in that environment, and it was awesome. I and I still like battlegrounds. Uh, it's just I don't think uh, I don't think there's a huge player base that enjoys them. For me, they're a fun diversion. Uh, it's a great little mini game within the game, but I like playing in the arena. I used to love playing with the little arena champions and stuff, and so I battlegrounds I still log into. Well, when Battlegrounds first came out and all the Nagafin people, like you say, loved it, did it feel kind of like shooting fish in a barrel? Yes. <laughs> but that's fun. It was, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. And this may sound a little weird, but with inside the Nagafin community, it was almost justifying our existence. Mm. Because for so long, there was this banter back and forth, friendly or not, on the forums about, the blue players versus the red players and how the blue players had it. They were better players and, and they could do PVP if they wanted to. And, you know, they were, you know, the Nagafin players were a bunch of jerks. And so then now they were in our world for a while and, and they got a firsthand experience of how tough it really was and, you know, and how it was. And so it was, it was gratifying to a sense to have that justification of yes, PVP is not as easy as you think it is kind of situation. Well, sometimes sense. you're the shooter and sometimes you're the fish. Well, that's exactly it. Absolutely. And there, to this day, there are times I log into the Battlegrounds and just get my tail handed to me. Huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every night. <laughs> but again, it's part of the fun and you know we're going into it. Well, now that the parody is out there, do you think those players are getting better? Those, those former fish are now becoming the shooters? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it lasted a month at best. And people very, very quickly figured it out. And now I think it's, I think it's even. I really do. I think that the, it's been equalized. The playing ground is level. And players from red server, blue server, equally do as well and as bad with inside the battlegrounds. Because it, once you understand the mentality and once you grasp a hold of it, then you, you're do just fine. And it's, I think they have. It's, it's, it's fun when, when there's a big group on Battlegrounds and everybody's kind of playing along and knows what they're doing. It's a, it's a great time. Do you feel like PvP servers, or I guess there's one really, um, have gained players because of Battlegrounds at all? I don't know. Yes, and, and maybe. I think what really gained players is when they opened up the transfers. 
Mm-hmm. Because I think the biggest detriment to someone going on a PvP server was I don't want to start from zero again. You know, particularly if you, you know, you're into the fifth expansion of the game, you've got a level 90, you've got your mythical, you've got a full set of raid gear. Do you really want to roll from one again and go through that? I mean, I, I'm sure there are people that, that like that. I mean, I'm not an altaholic, so to speak. I mean, I only have four characters total. And so I think the ability for someone to transfer already at level 90 and get in that environment was what really boosted the population on the PvP server. And conversely, also affected it because we had a lot of players that, that left. Because they had started on Nagathan because their friends were there, and now their friends are gone and they don't want to deal with that environment anymore, and so they, they moved on. Which is good. If you don't want to play in that environment, you shouldn't be forced to. Opening up transfers to and from the PvP server in my opinion, is one of the single best things Sony has done for the game. You know, although I guess I could see here, and this was Smokejumper's question a couple months ago now, I think it was, you know, what about getting an insta-level 90 character? And I'm thinking, you know, maybe in PvP that might be an ideal place for it because here I am, a Delmon, having been a PvE player all along, and now I want to go over and, and PvP. Right. I don't want to start at, like you say, level 1 have to do the entire golden path, meanwhile looking over my shoulder. So in PvE, I can go 1 to 90 in, in a couple of days with some help if I really wanted. I, I don't know if I'm going to get that over there on PvP because I'm constantly going to be having to be running for my life at times. Right. It's not as easy. I mean, you can certainly, you can still certainly power level. Um, and there are still, because again, there's instance zones that you can get to and you can certainly power level. So you can do it. But I, I think that, I think it's the mentality of I like this character, I like the gear this character has, and I don't want to have to go through that again. I, I think from that smoke jumper's comment about the Insta ninety, I think if they had and again, you know, station cash, if they had sold copies to the PvP server, I think there would have been uh, a rather large increase in population. Just take mm-hmm. your current character and, and copy it over. And then uh, you, you have it there on the PvP server as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm comfortable with the tune I have, especially because I've invested so much time in it. I've been playing right. my particular tune so long. I don't want to start over. Even if I did a Templar, I don't know if I'd want to start all over again and, and go from 1 to 90 with the additional having to look over my shoulder, especially when questing is the way to level. You know, right. so much an advantage of it. You know, If there's going to be somebody camping a mob along the way or camping an NPC... I'm going to be frustrated because I'm not going to. It's going to take me months to get to 90, as opposed to the days it might take me without that. It can't. Now, I also I I don't want to wash over um, level locking on the PvP server because we're talking about the max level ones. The mid range player versus player community is is awesome. I I have a couple tunes that are level locked at 35 and 55 ish. That because that's a really vibrant section of the community where before anybody has mythicals and before they can cast god spells and before they get into the really high-end gear and spells, now it's just you're at pure skill level and just really how much do you know your character. Like dirges and troubadours at level 35 and like level 40 are amazingly hard to kill in PvP at that level. But you get them up to level 85 and they're getting smacked around. And so that's... You know, there's a certain sect that would say, hey, you don't need to level that far just to have fun. And it's almost an entirely different game in those mid-range levels. 
Okay. Actually, can you pause it? Can you go over a little bit of the rule set for folks, including myself, who may not know? Who can attack who in the mid-range? Is it, there's, there's level ranges. It is, and it's zone-based. I'm probably going to mess this up because they recently changed it. But pretty much now, it's depending on where you are. Like the old world zones are five, five levels, seven levels different. You can attack or be attacked by someone five levels above you or five levels below you, give or take a level or two. The new world zones, like Virulus, Kunark, and stuff, those were all unlimited. So if you went in as a level 50, you could get attacked by level 90. Hmm. Now, honestly, there's no reason for the level 50 to be in that zone, so you're kind of asking for it if you're there anyway. So, so there is, um, depending on the zone, there were level requirements, and it, it will, and you'll know when you log in, it, uh, it'll let you know that you can be attacked in that zone. There's a little pop-up mm-hmm. that comes up and says what the level range basically is for that zone. And they recently changed them all within the past three months because they, they wanted to make, and this was, this was a positive change. They wanted to make PVP more hardcore, so to speak. And so, you know, you can no longer be perma immune. Immunity counting counter is going to start counting down and the level ranges were made broader to um, affect a lot of it because you get a lot of gray players, lower-level players, that would take a hit on a red player. If that red player is getting attacked or there's a big fight, you'd get these uh, players that were low-level that would kind of circle the fight and get a hit in because now they're going to count towards their kill count. They're going to get credit for that, and they're going to get the fame. And, And player versus player, there's a lot of focus on the fame, which is, um, I'm sure, right, all the blue players are like, what are you talking about? It's when you kill a player, based on what the level range is, you get a certain amount of fame, or if on Kinos you get fame, and on Freeport side you get infamy. And then the more fame or infamous you are, you get a title. And it can be from hunter, slayer, general, overlord, and uh, your title is basically warn someone how tough you are. If you roll up and you see a pack of hunters, which is the first title you can get, you know they're probably not the greatest player versus players in the world. If you roll up on five overlords, you should probably leave. <laughs> so that, that's the bragging rights. Exactly. That ends up being what it's all about. Right. And so that's what it boils down to. is, And a lot of the changes were made based around the fame system. Because the players were, it's all they were focused on was they were running from fights because they didn't, because you lose fame if you get killed. So you're running from fights because I don't want to lose my fame. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, leeching off other people's kills so I can maintain my fame count. Uh, and that's, it became all about the fame. And there's been some positive changes to counter that. Like if you log off and you're out and you log off, you've been out for three months, your fame's going to tick down mm. because you, you haven't been playing. And it's, those are positive changes because honestly, to me, the titles are, I don't see the need to fight for a title, but for some, some players and it's their play style, having that title means everything to them. I have a couple of questions about, um, other things that are probably different on PVP. Like, for example, you talked a little bit about rating, which mm-hmm. a lot of rating is instance, but what about contested rating? It's, it's one of the hardest things you can do on the PvP server because you're out in the open and you're focused on that mob, particularly if it's a heavily scripted, contested mob, and you, your entire raid's focused on that, and there's going to be a whole other raid force that's going to show up and, and take you out. 
And so that's where that other, that's where the raid guilds have the blocking raids that will protect them during that mm-hmm. contested mob fight. And that happens a lot. I mean, the raids, the guilds on the player versus player servers are bigger because you need twice the amount of people mm-hmm. to deal with that. That's pretty neat. Like, what about um, a contested raid zone? Like, because I know there's there's individual encounters out, out mm. in the world that are contested, right. but what about, like, an entire zone? I'm thinking of the one up in TT there. Uh, they will they will fight for control of that zone, and then you're what – and they're really even um, they're even taunt the other side, like Freeport to take control of a zone like that and say, hey, you know, this is our zone tonight. You guys aren't getting in. And they will do whatever it is that, you know, they're going to do in that zone. And um, and sometimes you'll try to get in and sometimes you won't. That happens a lot. But again, that's that part of territory control is a lot of a lot of the fun of the game. I mean, we had often often asked for that for that to be developed into the game is territorial control. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and a benefit for that, not a game breaking benefit, but if the Kino size had, had control over Antonica or common lands, whatever, then the Kinos players have a higher chance to harvest a rare or mm-hmm. drop, drop a fable item or whatever, nothing game breaking, but a reason to control that zone. That's a really cool idea. I like that idea. I mean, because it wouldn't it wouldn't break the game if you're getting more rares than the Freeport side, but it's a reason to control a zone. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What about um, like travel? In the old days, travel used to take a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, you go on a boat. Remember the days of the boat? Yes. <laughs> You'd have to do an access quest to even get on the boat. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you miss that on a PvP server? Or are you happy for the days now where it's just you know callback? And you can get back to where somebody killed you right. to get vengeance or whatever within a matter of minutes as opposed to, you know, a long time to get there. Or maybe any EQ days could take uh, hours to get back to somewhere. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I really I – w- I played Ever- – I was an EverQuest 1 player. I started playing EQ1 back in 99. And there's many a night I fell asleep on the boat. <laughs> and woke up and realized, oh, man, I fell asleep on the boat and I got to go through that again. And so I don't miss that aspect of it. And I, I certainly would not like that aspect in the PvP world because I could see how frustrating that could be. Mm-hmm. And when the boats went live in EverQuest 2, the docks were in immune zone. Like you could sit on the dock and you couldn't be attacked. And so from that aspect, the travel for us, it hasn't changed much other than we can now just click on the globe in our guild hall and travel where we want to travel. I think, I mean, I think that's been an effect of the game across the board entirely. I mean, I know Kinos is a, is dead uh, on Nagathan and I'm sure it is on the other servers as well. Nobody wanders the city halls, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another question I had was in town. Is there, mm-hmm. is there open PVP combat in town? The way it works in town is, if you if you're in Kinos, you as a Kinos player are immune. So if a Freeport player does manage to sneak in to Kinos, they cannot attack you. Oh, However, okay. you can attack them. I see. And this so is, someone doing a heritage quest that <laughs> makes you go into Freeport right. when you're Kinos. Okay. And any level can attack you. I mean, if you're a level ten, you could be attacked by a level ninety. However. If I, as the Kinos player, attack you, the Freeport player, 
for the next 10 minutes, I get what is called a carnage flag, which means that I did open PVP in a city, mm. and now I can be attacked by any Freeport player. So, if, so he brought, if he brought his friends, you might be in trouble. Bingo. And that would happen a lot, particularly back in the old days. You would send in a player or three or four players into the city, and you would wait outside the other zone. Let's say you'd wait outside the West Freeport zone, and you'd send three or four of your buddies into West Freeport and let and, and he would lip off and whatever and dance around because they couldn't understand you because back in those days, Freeport and Keno spoke different languages. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't understand you, but you would dance around and, and get, and people would attack you and then get all carnage flagged. And then you would show up with your times two raid and wipe out the city. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about like live events, like holiday type stuff? Um, I mean, is this, is this a, just an, another opportunity oh. to take advantage of people? The Frostfell zone yeah. is a bloody mess <laughs> because the Frostfell zone It's a shared zone by Kinos and Freeport, right? Right. And you can log in from wherever, and everybody goes to that Frostfell zone. And it's open world PvP in the Frostfell zone. And so it's a it's a it's a bloody mess. There have been many a night where I had to. I knew it was like my twenty four hour tick to get the new present, and I had just enough time to run to the gift giver for my immunity ran out, and then evac back to the door. Wow. (laughs) Right. And you got help you if you wanted to craft because the crafting was, you know, in the zone. Right. right? And so you're sitting there at your little crafting station making whatever it is that you're making. And um, yeah, and it would just be brutal. Yeah, there has been complaints, pros and cons on that. A lot of uh, the PVP, hardcore PVP community said, you know, look, Frostfell's like our little Christmas, too. And then we get all these extra kills. Um, and so, and from that perspective, I can see it. The other side of that coin is, you know, look, it's, it's Frostfell. It's a holiday event. I just want to go in and, and, and make, you know, my stocking or whatever it is that you want to do and not be in the spirit of Christmas or holidays. Can you not kill me? <laughs> you know, I always think about that story of the world war two of the Germans, the American side singing silent night together and then killing each other. Um, and that's, <laughs> That's what it feels like to me every holiday season. So. Although for, for Frostfell, though, and I wonder, something like that where you have a, a contested shared zone where everybody wants to go, like you say, to get your yep. gifts and all that, does one side, say Freeport or Kino, say, hey, listen, this is going to be our night, and everybody can come in as long as you're with us, and, and you, you a times four will spring up to kind of enforce their will on the zone? As, it, as, absolutely, it happens. Um I think people lose interest in it after about a couple hours, okay. but it happens. Absolutely. There's been, uh, I've logged in the many a zone and I just went, all right, Hey, you guys have the zone and I'm going to go back over here. Right. And, and it builds a, a, a community. I mean, you really yeah. have a, a, an us them mentality because, Hey, we freeps are all together. or we Kinoses are all together. We're better than you because we can put our force together and hold this ground and you can't. So we get our stockings and we get, you know, we get all our gifts tonight. You don't. Go home. I agree. I mean. Snow globes. Right. Snow globes. Lumps of um, coal. Playing on the PvP server definitely gave me a strong sense of community towards Kinos. My characters were always on the Kinos side. Mm-hmm. And real strong sense of community around that. And we were Kinos. And, and to this day, I still refer to Freeport as Freeport scum. 
and uh, exiles are just like gum on the bottom of my shoe because they were they were cityless. And so, and I mean, it builds that that real community. And you were real proud to be on Kino's side, or you were proud to be on Freeport side, and that would carry over in the actions of your of your character. Now, I mean, and now both sides share a common language, so you can talk to the other side. Mm-hmm. So that's gone a little. It's a little. Not as uh, not as as much, but you still can't group with them. Mm. You know, like on <clears throat> on the blue server, you can group. You could be a sole Kinos Ranger and group up with a whole group of Freeport classes. You can't do that on the PvP server, which made raiding really hard at first. Yeah, I was gonna say in raiding, that's got to be tough when you need to have like in what was it TSO days. I mean, you needed certain classes to do certain things. If you have yeah. only good players, quote-unquote, how are you going to do? It was, honestly, the Kino side, for a long time, the Kino side was lagging behind in raid progression on yeah. Magathon compared to the Freeport side because, agree disagree, the evil classes seem to be better suited to the raid environment compared to its good equivalent. I mean, an mm-hmm. assassin's going to do more DPS than a ranger. Right. An inquisitor's going to be better than... A Templar. Templar, exactly. They have verdict. They have verdict. But so, they don't have... San- but the Freeps wouldn't have sanctuary. So eh. they, they, well, there's trade-offs. Yeah. There is. And so for the longest time, that was a real problem. But then they, the dev team did allow for you to exile from Freeport to Kinos, vice versa, and maintain your class. So you could be an you could be an assassin and then, trend you know transfer over to Kinos and still be an assassin, and that that holds true because I don't think on the blue server that works with every class, does it? Uh, you can you we can you have can. one of okay. everything, yeah. Okay, you can. So you can you can be an evil class, an evil only class, and then um, betray to uh, the good city. Yeah. Okay, you could do that. Was well, that was a, the saving grace for us on Nagathan when they allowed that because then we were able to actually raid progress on either sides of the fence, so to speak. Because you guys had the problem, too, of I remember back in the day you'd be out hunting and a master would drop, you know, for you, and it would be yes. an assassin master, and it's now yes. useless because you couldn't even sell it to an assassin. Right, because they, right, well, you could put it up on the broker and hope that uh, an evil class would black market because there was a, um, and that, I don't think you guys, because there's no point in having it on the blue server, but there was a black market mob that would spawn every now and then, either in Tonica or Common Lands, and there was a, a series of events that you had to do to get them to spawn. Hmm. But once that black market NPC spawned, you could buy from the Freeport or Kinos broker at a higher percentage of coin, so to speak. There was a you know the game took a more money from you for the broker fee. But then they also did the master turn-in. You could take your assassin master and turn it into an NPC in Kinos, and you'd get some random good class master spell. Mm. It, was, it wasn't necessarily going to be like a ranger spell. It could be a Templar spell, but it was at least be something you could sell. Well, we have the fence. And I'm thinking that the fence may have been the same thing. Was there like a quest you had to do to access the fence? I don't recall. I know there's one down in sort of like the sewer area in Kenos Harbor. I assume I remember having to do a quest to get to the Freeport fence. 
Hmm. It may have just been another hurdle that they wanted to put in to make it more realistic for the PvP side. I'm trying to remember. I think at launch, Freeport and Kinos on, on the blue service, we couldn't buy from each other. And then at some point, the, the fence came in, and we, right. we had access to him instantly. But he charged, I think, 40% as opposed to the 20% that home cities did. Right. That's what I'm thinking as well. Right. And that's, I, and I think that's, I think that particular fee hike is, has gone away as well with all of the cross server communication now that's happening, cross city communication that's allowed on Nagathan. Well, we have, um, of our brokers now you can sell to each other and it almost right. seems pointless to have the fence at all. I mean, you still get those upcharges for, mm-hmm. you know, buying cross faction. So I, I don't know if anyone ever actually goes to the fence anymore, but I guess on a PvP server it would make more sense. Right, because, yeah, I mean, you, if you get caught, you can't even barely walk into the uh, opposing city. What about um, trade skilling? Like on PvE servers, we have people who just trade skill and who are minimal adventurers. Do you have any trade skill community like that? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, and I say that, at least anybody I've run across, I'm sure you guys are going to get an email, are going to get an email that says, I play on Naga, then all I've ever done is trade skill. I've never run across anybody that, that does that, and it's really pointless. And, and quite honestly, we are, because of that, You, if you are a, a high-level scribe or an alchemist or, or a weaponsmith, um, you can be in high demand. And so for the people that do, you, you know, work that out, they're the, one of the few people that are making arrows. And so they, you know, that that can be pretty important. It's just there's not, I, I think there's maybe half as many that would do it on Nagathan as, as the other servers. And it's not all they do. Like they have a, a level 90 adventurer, and mm-hmm. that level 90, level 90 adventurer is also a high-end trade skiller. I'm Go picturing ahead. how hard it would be to do like the trade skill epic or like the prayer shawl on Nagathan. Because you need all the classes to partake, you know, to help you out. So right. it's got to be even harder. It, it is, but what some people will do is level lock a character below level ten, and then get adventure lock, but then get their trade skilling up higher. Because mm. if you if you're below level ten, you can't be attacked by anybody. Oh. Right, like you don't, you cannot be attacked in PvP to hit level ten. Kind of like your little grace period. So a lot of people will lock at level nine, and then it makes harvesting very challenging. Right. But, you know, you can do it. I'm trying to envision how PvP works for trade skillers. So does, like, the alchemist throw the potion and the sage, like, throw his quill at him? I, I just don't uh, get what, this. What you don't want to go up against is a provisioner with some hot soup. <laughs> yes, yes, or or the carpenter whipping his saw at you. Right. Write that down for future enhancement request. Oh, okay. <laughs> PvP trade skilling. I'm not sure how it works, but it sounds interesting. Uh, I could see Domino putting that on top of the list. Uh, earlier you were talking about uh, arenas. Yes. And Allie and I this past week actually ventured into the arenas, I, I think for the first time in a very long time, if ever, almost. I never was in the arena, ever. You guys were probably the only people on every server on at that time. <laughs> we yeah. might have been. It took us a little while to figure it out uh, because, again, I don't know if I ever really – maybe I did it. Maybe I 
by accident did it back in the day. You enjoy the the uh, Avatar versus Avatar fighting? I did. I, I was great, and I made it my mission for a long time. To uh, there were raid mobs that dropped arena champions, and I made it my mission for a long time to get as many of those arena champions from the raid mobs as I could, and I have seven or ten of them on my character, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was almost it felt like playing on real tournament at times. It was that kind of fast-paced, first-person shooter-esque minigame, and it was fun. And it was, and it was, you know, again, it was a weird kind of rule set where when you, you know, if you went stealth, nobody could see you, and kind of stuff. And it was fun. I really enjoyed the. Uh, I wish the arenas had taken off, and I don't know why they didn't. I think for for at least myself, and I won't I won't speak for Alia. But when we were doing it, we went in there, I don't know, Avatar versus Avatar, I think for a timer of 20 minutes or 10 kills, whichever came first. Mm-hmm. I think after our 20 minutes, we one of us had one kill or we each had one kill or something. Uh, because no, I think, no, no, no. I think happened? Ellie beat you. You beat me once because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'll admit I beat, that. No, I beat you more than once. Then I figured out what to do, and it was just run away and keep running into the floating health bottles. So right. she hit me, and then I just run away. So I spent 20 minutes running around the zone, just running into health bottles. Allie, were you not snaring him? Well, we were playing at, with the little avatars. Oh, you're playing with it right. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So. When uh, Then we went up because he, he made another arena without telling me what it was, and it was just uh, ourselves. Right. Which, of course, I, I didn't know what, what, uh, what was going on. Yeah, you didn't know how to play a ranger, did you? <laughs> <laughs> But it, yeah, I, I lost. I lost. <laughs> Although it boiled down to kind of the same thing. I, I had to stop and nuke. You kept running and just ran into right. the health bottles. And right. uh, it, it just became unfun, Annoying. I guess. Yeah, one-on-one seemed to be unfun. Now, maybe if it was six-on-six six and we had other people shooting at us and we were doing other things. But just one-on-one avatar and PvP in the arena with the amount of health that just constantly kept respawning. Next time, Allie, just... Turn on your auto attack ranged mm-hmm. and run around him in circles. Don't even try to cast a combat art. Just and keep and focus him every time it comes up. <laughs> he won't last fifteen seconds. <laughs> well, eventually he's got to run out of power, right? That's why, and that's why you win because yeah. your auto attack is going to do more than he can hit you for. I don't know. I'm pretty damn uber. I have pants now. <laughs> <laughs> Although, let me ask you though this this whole avatar. Scenario. Now, I have to say, for us, it wasn't necessarily fun. Maybe because it was one on one, but it was fun for me. It was fun. Okay, it was fun for you. I like beating you. All right. There you go. Hey now. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm interested about this avatar business because that's what we're going to see down the road in the design your own dungeon, and whether or not folks are going to enjoy playing an avatar as opposed to playing themselves. You know, that's true. I'd forgotten that. That's the way it was when you go into somebody else's dungeon, you are as not as your character. I forgot that they said that. Yeah, so I, I wonder if, if people are going to gravitate towards this because it's it's going to be a, a dumbed-down, I, I, I'm guessing this is a theory, much like some of the, the arena pets. They're kind of simple, overkill in one area, very weak in another. Right. And only with a few combat arts or, or tactics that they can use or spells. Are people going to enjoy that, you know, after the initial rush? It, it's going to really what it's going to boil down to is what's that reward like? 
Is it going to be worth it? And then how much control do you have over the avatar? Because I'll, I'll be honest, the thing I hate the most in any MMO is when I come to a series of quests that makes me switch into being somebody else. Mm-hmm. It happened. Uh, it, it happens in EQ2 a lot. There's a series of quests in DC Universe Online that makes you become a zombie, and it I hate in that entire quest series I try to avoid because it's you know don't get me to level X and get me all used to my character and I know how to do the fights and then all of a sudden midway through the game for a series of quests that I need to do to progress you're going to make me play someone else. The dungeons I think um, it's going to be different because it's you're going to willingly go in there. So I think it's going to be how do they implement it and how much control do you have over what character slash class are you being placed into? Hmm. I mean, is everybody going to go in as the same? Is it going to be a hybrid warrior healer? Or are you going to be able to switch from, pick from an archetype system? Right. And I think, too, ultimately, too, it's how good the rewards are because if the rewards are so kick-ass, people will go through it no matter how difficult or how unfun it might be if the reward for their, their personal tune is, is going to be something that they absolutely right. must have. Because it's, you get a, it's, it's, if you do a design your own dungeon, if I do your dungeon, let's say Dell did his dungeon, I'm going to get a token at the end based on how hard that dungeon was, right? Right. And so it's going to be right. What, what can I trade those tokens in for that's going to be worth me running through this thing as, as, as whatever class they've decided is, is dungeon worthy? That's my fear in the future of DYOD is whether or not how good the rewards are going to be so that people continue to want to replay because I don't know if they're going to want to enjoy playing, you know, avatar versus environment as opposed to their tune versus environment. You know, in a particular game like EverQuest 2 and in its mature phase that it's in, people are attached to their tunes. Mm-hmm. And so they don't really want to play somebody else because it's not my tune. I'm logging in to play on my tune, not to be someone else. So I don't know how much of that will come into play or not. It's a funny way of thinking about it. I'm, I love my tune. That's me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play some other tune. That's not me. Cause it's not me. That's but exactly it. My, I mean, my tune's already not me. Right. But it's the tune <laughs> that I'm comfortable. It's the skin that right. I'm comfortable in. Yeah. It's just a funny way of thinking about it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much RP is there on, uh, PVP server. I'm, well, there was an RP PVP server at one time. Right. At launch, and I, I didn't play on it because um, role-playing is not necessarily my play style. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know how much I don't know how much there was. I don't know how much hardcore role-playing there was because PVP is already kind of halfway there. Right. You were talking about the sense of community, and it really felt kind of almost RP-ish. Right, because you've already established that they're the bad guys, we're the good guys, mm-hmm. or vice versa, whatever your point of view is there. And we hate them. They hate us. And so we're, we're going to kill them. And, and so that's already established now. I mean, you know, there was never – I never really ran across the uh, traditional role-playing, but I'm, I imagine that it existed – um, but I know that the role-playing PvP server did not have nearly the population that the non-RP server did. I, I, I don't know how much it would take off. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody was asking to sit in chairs. <laughs> I'll admit I made a character on 
the RP PvP server. I think we got to like level six, seven, maybe eight at most, and then I got tired of it. Which is kind of funny because that's not even PvPable yet. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I think you can't be attacked till ten. So I never re- really right. even PvP'd. I just hung around in like Oak Mist Forest and the caves. I think. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old caves. <laughs> what's um What's DOV like for PvPers? I mean, with the, the factioning and everything that you need to sort of grind your faction to get gear and shards and all that type of stuff. Is that even a factor? It, well, it is because, you know, you still need to get, <clears throat> you still want to get that PVE gear. Because right. you need it, you know, if you're still going to raid and you're still going to do those things, um, if you're doing a healthy mix of regular gaming and player versus player gaming, you still need to do all those things. It's, it's more challenging. I mean, public quests can be a nightmare. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I didn't even think. I didn't those. even think about that. That that would be insane. Uh, right. It's depending on you know who's who's showing up and and uh, what are they after? They're you know you're going to yeah. get a bunch of players show up that are there just to do the public quest, which is great. Um, and then there may be you know four or five guys uh, that show up that decide you know well I'm just going to take you out while you're doing this, and that happens. You know you're you're there and you're fighting the mob, and then all of a sudden you're getting <clears throat> you're getting shot at. So um, your your like faction gear and PVE gear doesn't help you necessarily with PvP, right? It doesn't have the PvP bonus stuff on it. Like there is specific bonuses on PvP only gear, mm-hmm. sort of speak. And I'm using I'm using quotes there, but there is you get in with inside the um, for getting tokens of Discord. You can train them in, trade them in within the cities for PvP only gear that has very specific PvP help benefits on it, like PvP multi-attack or PvP haste, what have you. And then there's also uh, an adornment slot that is a blue adornment slot Mm. that's not available on regular PvE gear that you can get PvP adornments for. So you can further enhance those things. And all of those bonuses will not come into play when you're fighting a regular mob. Okay. And so, right, so there may be times when you need to switch your gear out. Um, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going into a raid zone, let me put on my PV, PVE gear, but also remember to switch to my PVE um, AA set. Oh. And so, you know, there's been a many a night where you were, your AA was set up for PVP, and then you're going into a raid and you got to call back and get your mirror out, switch back to your PVP, PVE um, alternate advancement set, which can, you know, I mean, dramatically different. I was just going to say, it's like, it's not mm. only a whole nother game. It's, <clears throat> it's almost like exponentially more complicated with PVP. At, at times. And there are, you know, and I, I think I've only ever scratched the surface of some of the real detail of the PVP AA sets and a lot of that stuff. And I would, I would talk to my buddies and be like, all right, you know, what are we doing here? for the ranger, what are we looking at? Cause it would change and they would change stuff. Like when hookshot was available for the ranger on the PVP server in AA, that was an amazing AA for us to have hookshot because you could hook another player and drag them to you. So they mm. couldn't run, but that's a useless skill set in a raid. Right. I mean, how often do you want to, do you as the ranger want to pull the mob to you? <laughs> Never. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's a prime example of, 
okay, that's a, that's an AA set that I really want to have when I'm out PVPing, but is useless, and I need to switch back to something that's going to be a little more beneficial mm-hmm. to me. Um, you know, I'm going to go down the poison line for raids. Yeah, and then, you know, you spend a lot of your points in health points in, in, as a ranger in PVP. You know, you get as many health points as you can, which, again, is useless uh, in a raid. doesn't matter if you have 20,000 hit points for 17,000 as a ranger in a raid because mm-hmm. if you get hit, you're going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. But And so that all that all that balance comes into play. Yeah, I, had, I used to keep spreadsheets. I can imagine. Let me ask you, how much has station cash and the things that are in there affected play over on the PvP server? I wouldn't say any more than the regular game, other than when it wasn't vetted from a PvP perspective. You know, you'd get um, items like the... You could buy the scroll that would allow you to evac, right? And so they, that was that scroll became available in station cache after they'd shut down the evac from scouts in combat. But then you as a, as a mage could buy that spell, that station cash item, scroll of evac, whatever they were calling it, and now no one vetted it in PvP, and then all of a sudden you could evac in a fight. And so that was kind of game-breaking for a while. The scrolls of tracking were a little annoying at first because now everybody could track. Mm-hmm. And again, it wasn't just vetted through. Now they've changed it where those scrolls of tracking don't work on players. So players won't show up on a scroll of tracking or the um, uh, race tracking ability. Players don't show up on. I think I think uh, Kieran's get a race tracking ability. Players will not show up on the PvP server in your race tracking ability. <clears throat> so, or you'd wind up with a server full of Karens. <laughs> well, exactly, because now you're right. You could be a wizard or you know, um, you know, a fury, and now you've got tracking, which is just now you've you've made that even more overpowered than. They already were. So, but I mean, station, I don't, has it dramatically affected the game long term from the player versus player side? I don't think so. Not any more than other, uh, the same aspects that you would find on the blue servers. So, can you give us a really funny story or memory from your experiences while PvPing? A funny story. A, a funny personal story. It was back in Kingdom of Sky. I was stalking this character and I had taken this character out like five or six times and the character kept dropping coin. And I was feeling like big man on campus. Like I was thinking, man, I am an awesome ranger. I've killed this guy six, five, six times and he keeps dropping, you know, two or three plat every time. I'm the best player in the world. And then one of my buddies points out that that was a bot. It was a gold farmer that I was killing. (laughs) Wow. And you just want to take more shots at him. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I was like, uh, okay, well, I'm going to bed. So that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, an embarrassing night. Uh, but That's not a very good place to gold farm. That guy wasn't too smart. Gold farming, uh, I, but it was, it was they did very well there because, uh, just, I don't know, they, for a while I think gold farming was pretty big on the PvP service. Hmm. Uh, so that was a funny, it was kind of a funny personal story. There are many nights of just great all-out raids on Freeport or, you know, attacking the, standing outside Haven and trying to kill as many exiles as we could, uh, just, you know, for fun. Those were, those were fun and, and great nights. You're making me want to start a character on a, on uh Nagafin, just to see what I'm made of. 
You, you Which see is that not now. much. <laughs> it's not much. I know. I lose to Delmon in the arena. <laughs> you say I that now, but the first time I gank you, I know it's going to be all crying. Now, there's a great question. Is there, there crying, crying allowed in PvP? There's, uh, you know, I think uh, there isn't, but there is. There, I mean, that certainly happens. I know I've many night I've wanted to throw my keyboard across the room and um, said, I'm done. I'm, I'm not logging in again for the rest of the night. And so, but again, it's that, it's that line from airplane. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them die because uh, you know very well what you're getting into. Yeah, it's frustrating, but, uh, you know, you know that that's the way it's going to be. And, and you have to want to experience that adrenaline because I tell you, it may be frustrating to get killed five, six times in a row, but that one time where you take out two other players to get to the mob that you were trying to get to, or you wipe out you and another, you and your raid group wipe out an entire other raid group and you're the last one standing, you're going to be cheering. It's going to, I mean, you're going to, you're going to feel that rush and you're going to be standing there pounding your uh, keyboard thinking this was a great night. So Allie, I think the first time you ganked Delmon four or five times in a row, you're going to be hooked. <laughs> Not happen because I'm going to gate, run away, do whatever I have to do <laughs> after, after the first time. And that's I think that's why I don't really play PvP, and it's it, it, it's not for me. Is uh, I don't like to lose, and what makes me more aggravated about it would be the fact that there's probably some like eight or nine year old on the <laughs> other computer who did it to me. Yep, and that's what's really going to tick me off the most. Uh, but I guess in you know in the in the PvP space, if you're unhappy or you're having a bad night. That's when you go over to PVE, and you can put right. all that stuff behind you if you want for a night or two. And, you know, and conversely, if you've had a really bad day at work, there's really nothing more rewarding than than imagining the other the person that kind of gave you that bad day at work on the other end of that character. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, and they might be. You never know. That's the thing. You never know, right? Maybe we should do, like, a, a, a test thing. Del, me and you go start characters on Nagafin. Uh, okay. <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> I mean, it's just a tune. You got a slot, right? Uh, okay. Come on. It'll be fun. No, you don't want to. Uh, why can't we just go back to the arena and let me kill you there? No, why Why can't we just start for real? Like, do a real... I mean, you're. if you start at level one, you won't be killable anyway for a while. All right, I think we, have, we can give it a, we can give it a try. <laughs> can you learn your class in 10 levels? I don't know. I haven't learned it in 90s. Why <laughs> start now? Maybe you should play a ranger and I'll play a Templar. Okay, that sounds exciting. I would love to see that. I'll still have no pants, though. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. <laughs> so for the most important question of the evening, bacon or ham? Oh, bacon. Well, there wasn't a lot of thought in that. (laughs) (laughs) Bacon any day of the week. All right. And twice on Sundays. Exactly. All right, so let's do our least favorite, most favorite things for this episode. So, Allie, why don't you lead us off with your least favorite topic? Okay, well, my least favorite, this is actually kind of a dumb Allie moment. There was a time, you know, when Tinkerfest was going on, I got these new Tinkerfest mounts and they went into my inventory. I was like, what, why, why didn't they go into my mount tab? So I drag them in there and they wouldn't go in. 
like, oh, there must be some kind of a bug with this. So I just left it alone. No big deal. Well, then the other day when we got the gold disc from the Thundering Steps Ether Race, that one wouldn't go in my mount tab either. I'm like, man, this has to be something wrong. So I did this whole, you know, I undid my UI, went back to the, the default UI, tried to put it in there. It wouldn't go in there either. So I, I found a bug, right? I petitioned because I want an answer. If you petition, you get an answer, even if it's a bug. Sure enough, I got my answer. I had 50 mounts in my mount tab. So therefore, I was maxed. You, you have 50 mounts? I have 53 mounts plus I, a camel. <laughs> I have three. Really? <laughs> yes. And they're all ones that I got from collector's editions or wolves that we got. You know, the wolf that we got. Yeah. And the bear. Those are the only mounts I have is my snow griffin, the wolf, and a bear. Wow. <laughs> I haven't hit 50 yet, but I'm pretty close. And I have to say, I wasn't aware of this this feature until you, you mentioned it, Allie. So. I wasn't aware of it either until I got my response, my petition responded to. And then I felt like an idiot because it probably was in patch notes I didn't read. I don't think it's well publicized. I'm I have to say, I I'd really love to know how many players have, have uh, 50 mounts or more. I mean, did you get an achievement for that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. You get one at 40. You oh, yeah. Beastmaster yeah, right. at 40, and I have that, so I must yeah. be closing in. Did I... I didn't realize there were that many mounts in the game. There's more than that. There's more there than that. Go. Yeah, I have 40 plus, and I don't have a single station cache or collected edition one. But you're a ranger. You run it like 95% speed. Yeah, but sometimes you want to look cool when you're running. It's exactly. It's, it's, you've got to collect the mounts. They're like little, I mean, the fact that they turn into a plushie essentially into your house. Uh, that's, you can't, right. You got to have them all. I have a plushie collection. It's so laggy. It's not. Even, I have to have two houses for my to make room for all my. Every time I get a new plush, I'm like, oh, now I got to move something else. It's terrible. I got to get up on the rhino just so I can look eye to eye to some characters in first person. <laughs> well, I can understand that. There you go. Okay. All right. So, Liko, what's your least favorite thing this week? My well, my least favorite thing has been my least favorite thing for some time, and it's the fact that speaking of mounts, is the fact that I cannot get my mount to fly by pressing the remapped jump button on my mouse. I can only get my mount to fly by hitting the space bar. It's a bug. Ninja knows what I'm talking about. That has yet to be fixed. And that's my least favorite thing. It's very upsetting. I have to say I always use the space bar myself. I would have never thought to map it somewhere else. Uh, well, as uh, playing on the PvP server, I have my jump mapped to the fifth button on my mouse. Very important. And I got very used to jumping that way. And if you try to do that, your mount will just spread his wings and scream. Like that normal kind of sit, you know, the, that mode that they do. Um, they won't fly. I don't think I have five buttons on my mouse. I was looking at my mouse trying to figure out where the fifth button might even be if I have one. <laughs> I'll tell you, I picked it up and looked at the bottom and it's not there either. So I don't know where it is. Maybe we'll have to get new mice if we play PvP, Dell. Oh, that sounds That's like an more, expense. That sounds like more money. <laughs> it wasn't. It, this was. It's like a Microsoft optical mouse. I'm looking at it now. It's. I, I don't know. It's got five buttons though. I, I got to be honest. I barely can push click and alternate click, and that's that's about as far as I go. <laughs> Again, if I if you don't if I don't like moving in game, how do you think I'm going to deal with an extra button that might make me jump? <laughs> Good point. 
All right, so my uh, least favorite thing this week is the lack of giant kill count. Uh, as folks know, I have been working diligently on getting all my Destroyer titles, so I have recently finished Bugbear, and now I'm moving my attention on to Harpies. They're the next uh, creatures in game that need to fear me. But come on, in, a, in an expansion like DOV, which is so giant-centric, why is there not giant kill count? Come on. Have an entire expansion generated around these things. Give us a dang kill counter, huh? I think you're um, I think you're being a little racist here, thinking that anything that's taller than you is a giant. <laughs> well, that's... That means I'm a giant. So, right. I think you need to reconsider your priorities of what's a giant and what isn't. I'll tell you, if they do put giant kill count in there, I will absolutely make a tune on PvP named Jack. So I can be Jack the Giant Slayer. <laughs> because you realize that halflings aren't giants, right? Uh, <laughs> actually, everything everything looks taller than me when I'm laying face down because I've been killed again by a, an AoE I failed to joust in time. Right. <laughs> All right, so, Lika, let's start out with you this time. What's your favorite thing this week? Uh, my favorite thing this week, besides ganking noobs... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think my favorite thing this week is I found out that there are more than four mounts in the game. <laughs> yeah, I I may need to go, I don't know, find a new mount. Well, I, I think, take that back. I do have four mounts because I have the cloud thing that we got from Fanfare. I, I think it's fair, though. Al, you have that many mounts because of your OCD. You, you're, you're one of those folks who has to have everything, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, I I've used all my void shards to buy... As many mounts as possible. No, I'm, I'm feeling mount inadequate now. Is my point. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, what is your favorite thing this week? My favorite thing this week. I've read a patch note that made me very happy. September fifteenth, the patch made the scroll bearer easier. I don't know if you remember the scroll bearer, but he killed my shadow knight and made her feel very weak. So now. My Shadow Knight can stop dying and get that update. I Very do remember happy. him. He was a pain back in the day. You needed oh, a group he... and a half to kill him. Oh, yeah. He was still a pain until September 15th. Well, my most favorite thing this week is that the NFL is finally back. And summer of lockouts and more talk about lawyers than we did about sacking the quarterback. So I'm grateful that the NFL has re-kicked off its season. My hometown team one week one. However, both of my fantasy leagues, I managed to go 0-1 in the first week, thinking I had clinched one week with a 40-point performance by Drew Brees, only to run into Tom Brady on Monday night, who racked up 60 points in our scoring system. I went from leading by 40 to losing by 40. I'm surprised that you didn't pick up Tom Brady. You know, uh, actually, in that league, Tom Brady was gone. I had the 12th pick overall, and Tom went before I could get to him. Yes, my husband is bemoaning the fact that he couldn't get Tom. (laughs) Although I tend to let the pretty boys go to the other teams, but uh, I really wish I had him that week. It's, it's, It's the story of my fantasy football life. I always seem to run into the players who have career days and set all time scoring records and systems when I have to play them head to head. But hopefully I will be able to turn things around in week two. And I think later, Allie, at some point, uh, Scent of a Skunk is going to go up against Allie's Gators, aren't they? Allie Gators. 
close enough. Yeah. That's see, I yes. don't even I don't need to know your team name. I'm just going right. to beat it badly. No, I'll spank you. I'll beat it down like I did uh, like your avatar. <laughs> I will arena you. I'll gank you. <laughs> Bring it on, sister. Like Nagafin. I have to find out what week that is, and we'll have to we'll have to come up with something a little special for the show that week. All right. So you want a little? We should do a little side bet on that. We should. We should. Money, actual plat, plat to make you be in pain because I want to see you suffer. Keep dreaming that thought. <laughs> Let's go to Are You Smarter Than a Delmon, shall we? Do we have questions for this week? We do. And I have a guest star who can help me this week. You do. So you have a stack deck. Yes. Yes, I feel good. I feel good about this. Well, we have two categories. Medicine for the soul. Does this sound a little familiar? It does sound familiar like the category that I haven't been wanting to do for a while. Yes. And the other category, so you think you can gank. Oh, Liko, we got to go with that one, don't we? Uh, Clearly. So gank us. What's uh, what's your choice? Normal mode or challenge mode? Uh, I, I think we because there's two of us this week. I think we'll go challenge mode. All right, challenge mode it is. I Make say my- I say with confidence without consulting him at all. So <laughs> I already pulled. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> I leave Roy Jenkins into this. So let's go. <laughs> at least you have chicken. Name all PvP servers, past and present. Nagathan. Vox, the RP one. Um, Venicor. Yes, Venicor. Is that all of them? They're, yeah, that's it. No, that's not. Really? Really. Uh, are we talking okay. just in EverQuest 2? Just EverQuest 2. There's okay. four more. There's four more? <laughs> Think global. Uh, oh, is it a Russian server? Mm. No. Baron, Baron, there's Baron Sky is a Russian server, I think. Is it PvP? I have no I Please, I don't speak Russian. Dasvidanya <laughs> um, <laughs> Vodka, that's about all I know. Yeah. Uh, does test copy count? Because that's been PvP. Doesn't count. That does, does not count. count. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm running out of steam here quickly. Yeah. There may have been another... Nagathan may have had... There may have been a another non-RP server at, at the launch, but I, for the life of me, I can't remember that. The name, I mean, that was 2007. You know how much I've drank since then? I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here because the PvPs all have dragon names. Yep. There is a server out there, and I don't know what it is, called Harladar, I think. And it's a dragon name, but I don't know if it's PvP. I don't know if it's Swedish or whatever language it may or may not be. It is PvP. Really? It's, and it's the Russian server, right? That is the Russian server. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's There's... just... Name There's some other more. dragons, then. Uh, <laughs> Throw more mages at it. <laughs> Start naming every EQ2 dragon. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to throw in the towel, I think. I don't... Is it cheating that I'm, I'm looking it up? No, not if you don't tell her. We don't really have rules on this show. <laughs> and those we do, we tend to ignore when they don't suit us anyways. Exactly. <laughs> He'll just edit that part out anyway. Hey, you know, at least I'm honest. Well, the EQT webpage is failing me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give up. Yeah, I'm with you. Really? Yeah, I'm going to. Can we evac? I suppose you can. Or do we just slash quit? (laughs) Well, if you slash quit, you can still get killed. You hang around for a little while. Okay. Well, wow, fail. 
Would you like to know who the rest are? Yes. You have Darathar. That's a retired server. Okay. Okay. Another dragon, of course. Yes. And more dragons, more retired dragons. Talendor, which was a Danish server, apparently. You say these servers never existed. You're making this up. I'm not. I'm not. I consulted Wiki. Wiki says. Wiki knows all. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And uh, the French PvP. <laughs> what, what what is the French one? The Gournier. Lord Gournier. Oh, oh, oh. oh Gournier. Oh. I can. Uh, wow, that had to be in the most civilized PvP server in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that's why it's retired. Uh, yeah, because the, pre- it surrendered. the pre- people that played on it, yeah, they all surrendered exactly. <laughs> Oh, we're getting email for that one for sure. You think we have any French listeners? Not anymore. <laughs> we probably had all three players from the French. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did we have anything else for this? The 32 episode <laughs> of EQ2 Talk. Oh, I thank goodness that wraps it up. Okay. So let's say thank you to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And we want to say a big thank you to Liko for joining us this week and uh, shedding some light on what's it like to gank and be ganked. Anytime. And you can send all the hate mail to Allie. Oh, awesome. <laughs> we also want to throw out a big Care Bear stare to this <laughs> week's corporate sponsors, the Care Bears. <laughs> Did you know their, their tagline is really, let's hug it out? Is it really? I thought I you made that up. Oh, I didn't. I don't make this stuff up, Allie. I only read what's in front of me. Care Bears. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so in a couple of ways. First, you can email us. So for me, that's delmon at eq2talk.com. And I'm Allie at eq2talk.com. You can catch us in-game as well. So for me, that's eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. And I'm at eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. Don't forget, you can join us in our chat channel by typing slash join eq2.unrest dot eq2 talk and check out our facebook page at facebook.com slash eq2 talk and if you tweet you can catch us over on the twitter as well so that's twitter.com slash eq2 talk and you can follow us there hope you all enjoyed this episode and say good ganking Allie. good ganking Allie. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room. So everyone, have a great night, and now let me try that again. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster type player plays his cards right. Hope everyone had a good... Hope you all enjoyed... One more time. A real gangster type player never runs his mouth, because real gangsterized players don't start fights. So much for that e-ticket ride. And brothers always got a high cap. Showing all his boys how we shot him. Have another drink. Yeah. I was about to. Cold day, yeah. But real gangster type players don't flex that. Oh, it's warm in here. Because real gangster like players know they got them. Now it's time to say goodbye.
Because we like you. Yeah.